0: everybody, Luke McElroy from Force uh, Consulting, back with another Physiology Secrets. I actually recorded this podcast about two weeks ago, Ivan. I know this is your question, but unfortunately I forgot to save it and I deleted it. So, my bad. Um, <clears throat> a little bit of activity going on in the Mets Mastermind, which is really good to see. And I had a question from Ivan the other week. Um, basically, hopefully I remember this correctly, because it was two weeks ago. Um, he asked about training camps. So how training camps should be ran and also how, how much recovery you should have post a training camp to really feel the, um, the benefits of that camp. And in terms of guidelines for a training camp, well, what it involves is it's generally, it varies in length, but somewhere between about three to seven days is generally a sort of a standard training camp. And the characteristic of it is a, a dramatic increase or a significant increase in training volume for that time period. So if you are a, uh, a typical example if you're from Victoria is over the Christmas New Year period, a lot of runners go up to Falls Creek. So they might go up there for a week. Uh, A lot of triathletes go up too. And uh, they're up there doing a significant amount of training load for about five to seven days, okay? So um, generally a training camp, you'll increase your volume somewhere around about the 50 to 100%. twice as much maybe even up to 200% depending how aggressive that training camp is and it's okay so long as you allow adequate recovery well, ad- adequate recovery after the camp but also making sure you're coming into the camp relatively fresh so what we have in, in training programs and um, training camps we have a thing called functional overreaching so there's, there's three states you can either be recovered you can be in a Overreached state or an overtrained state. That's the sort of the three main categories. If you are if you're recovered or rested, if, then you're not going to adapt. If you don't stress the body, it's not going to change, it's not going to adapt. If you go into a what's called functional overreaching or, or a temporary overreaching, it means that you are temporarily stressing the body more than it can handle. So that that is basically just doing overload. That is, this week we are doing a 60 minute run, next week we want to overload that to a 66 minute run, which is a 10% increase in our training load. So that's what's called functional overreaching. Where the problem lies is if people don't have, it doesn't have to be every four weeks, but traditional training cycle, you do three weeks up, one week down. Uh, If you don't have that down week, that recovery week, then you run the risk of getting to the next stage, which is called um, overtraining. That's where we have chronic fatigue syndrome. That's where we have an unhealthy breakdown of the immune system and the body takes weeks, sorry, more than weeks, it takes months or years to recover from okay so that's a that's a very unhealthy breakdown of the immune system and the problem with overtraining is that what people will do is that they will do more training than they used to they're not having the recovery weeks or the recovery sessions and they start to see that their performance decreases and the performance is decreasing purely because they're fatigued they're starting to break down but because they see a decrease in the performance they automatically assume that they need to increase their training load further because they must be losing fitness so it's, it's a never-ending cycle of um, performance goes down we start to train more performance goes down even more we start to train even more than that and eventually because we're in such a, a chronic state of overreaching we come to that overtrained state um, and we get injured we get sick we break down and it takes quite a long time to recover from so with that being said the whole goal of a training camp is to go into that overreaching state uh, but it's a very aggressive it's a very aggressive Um, state to be in. So that's why it's super important to have a um, scheduled recovery period post a training camp. So there's nothing wrong with them whatsoever. They're actually very, very good when done correctly. The problem is that people will do a training camp, push themselves very, very hard, increase their load by twice or three times as much in that week and then they'll go back to their normal training schedule and then they start to get fatigued, overtrained, break down and get injured. So there's a, there's a, um, let's go on the on the lesser end of a training camp. And training camps are good, as I said, if they are conducted properly. But there's another um, periodization model. So I'd, I'd talk about the traditional periodization model, where we increase by two to ten percent per week every three uh, for three weeks, and then we have a a twenty five percent deload. Um, that's called the traditional style. We also have another style of programming, which is called the cluster style or the, or the cluster periodization model and what that involves it's almost the opposite what it does is Uh, We start off with somewhere in the range of a 30% increase in our training load for week one, and then we actually decrease the load by 10% week two, another 10% week three, and another 10% week four, before then increasing again 30% on that week number one. So what this is doing is it's really overreaching the body, but you can see that with the weeks two, three, and four, we're decreasing the load to allow the body to recover properly so we can get the stimulative benefits of that training. Normally I wouldn't prescribe this type of training. The only circumstance where I really do prescribe a clustered training program, where we increase the load significantly for one week, is if perhaps an athlete comes to me who has had an interrupted training schedule schedule, or maybe they have a very long event coming up and they purely just haven't put the volume in. Let me give you an example. If you had somebody who had to do an Ironman in 12 weeks and they come to you and say, look, my longest session's only been two hours, then we have a problem. We cannot get that athlete to uh, an adequate aerobic base or an adequate amount of time training in a single session through using that two to 10% rule. It just will not add up in terms of the maths. But what we can do is we can really stress them by increasing 30, 40 or 50 Percent is a massively, um, it's, a, it's a very aggressive load, but we could potentially do that in a clustered style of training, and then we really deload them off in the in the subsequent weeks. All right, so in terms of stimulation, it's not going to stimulate them that much more, but you can see how doing that sort of style of training is going to be a lot more specific to an Iron Man than maybe trying to build from a two-hour session to maybe hitting a four-hour session by race day, it's just not going to be enough training volume to be specific to that event. So with a training uh, sorry, with a training camp, what I would recommend is obviously you're going to see an increase by 50, 100 to even 200% in your training load. What I would recommend is when you have completed that training camp is that you want to have probably about three times as much recovery. So if you're away for a week, you want to have the next three weeks to be deloading weeks and bringing it down. If you have a three-day camp, then you're going to want to have a, what, three, six, no, a 12-day recovery, so on and so forth. So you want to have, have about Rough guide, three times as much recovery um, compared to the time spent away. And when I say recovery, I don't mean stop training. I just mean, as you would in a deload week, just drop it back at 10% each week for the next three. Um, that's going to give you the most stimulative benefits. If you don't do that, you run the risk of being injured or sick. Hopefully that provides some clarification, guys, and I'll speak to you again soon.